Good morning, everybody. Hey, what a turnaround yesterday. I don't think I've ever seen one like that before. If you're looking at that, it, it uh, man, the Dow was down a thousand points at one point and actually ended up in positive territory. Who would have ever thought? These markets just don't know which way to go or what they're trying to accomplish. Hey, that's why it's so important that you know how much risk you have in your current portfolio because of things like this. Uh, give us a call at 863-382-0037 to discuss and look at our core retirement design process. It's simple, it's effective, and it will give you the retirement you always dreamed of. So, hey, with that, we've got Dave coming up next. Um. Whitney Houston there. Dang, she could sing. It's 8.38 now, 22 here before 9. Let's check in on money and see what Wall Street's doing this morning. And Lordy was yesterday a confusing day. Let's see if we can explain some of it anyway. With the help of Statler Financial Services' very own Philip Statler, who is on the phone this morning. Philip, did you uh, get your Dramamine dose in yesterday afternoon? Oh, my goodness, Dave. I, I think it was a historic day from all accounts in terms of the market being down so far and to flip and end up in positive territory. The swing, uh, the point swing, I think was historic that we've never seen that large of a point swing ever, um, either direction, um, definitely from from loss to gain. But uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, and, and you asked me before we went on the air, what caused it, you know? Uh, there's nothing that I heard or saw. The only thing that I can really think of is that, uh, you know, there's a lot of computer trading. And so there must have been an algorithm somewhere that said, hey, look, when a stock hits a certain price, it's a buy. And so it, that's the only thing I can think of is that, you know, we got so low that uh, it was ridiculous. And, and the computer traders thought, OK, let's jump in. And they, they was- just bought it back up. It was without a doubt goofy yesterday, just to uh, set the table so folks know what we're talking about. If you dozed off for the whole day yesterday, looked at the open and the close, what you'd find is that the Dow was up 99 points, a little bit of a rebound. Standard & Poor's was up by 12, and the NASDAQ was up by 86, which would be kind of a recovery you kind of sort of have to expect once in a while during a downtime like we're going through right now. But then the internals of the day hit. Everything was sinking like a rock until a about noon. And then starting about noon, the Dow turned and went up by something like 1,100 points. NASDAQ went up by 730 points. And the Standard & Poor's, which is a much lower the number than the other two, was up by a full 190 points all inside the last three hours or so of trading yesterday. And I'd, you know, before I made the phone call this morning to hook up with you, I was pouring through all of my news tickers trying to see if anything had changed that. And there just was absolutely nothing. So, you know, a computer program is really the only logical explanation. One big trading house has a program that says this is the index point or the stock price point or the P.E. ratio or whatever it was they were looking at that triggers buys. And everybody followed suit, and it was like a buying frenzy at the end of the day, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. I was just looking at the NASDAQ to see how low it got. And it did not cross over 12,000 or 13,000. I thought maybe it did, but it didn't. It looks like 13,095 is about the 
lowest ticker I can find, but, but I mean, and then it closed at 13,855. I mean, that's just insane. The, uh, the swing that came back through. Yeah, the Dow was bumping its nose on 33,000 even about uh, about 12.30 in the afternoon and then just took an absolute skyrocket up. And like I said, 1,100 points inside of a half a day. Uh, the guy, You and I were giggling. The floor traders had to be on the exchange going, how am I going to keep up? I'm racing a computer. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, it, was, it would have been uh, – they, they got their exercise yesterday for sure. Uh, and I want to look at this number real quick because um, yeah. this one kind of caught my eye. In the last 12 months, so this is a 12-month snapshot, the NASDAQ is positive by only 2.3%. Whoa. Yeah. Which gives you a pretty doggone good idea of how rough this last period is. And most of the conventional wisdom that I'm seeing is once the Federal Reserve, and I say if the Federal Reserve gives us some clear guidance on Wednesday afternoon, at the very least, we'll have a decided direction. Are we going to go into a bear market, or are we going to start trading back up gradually? But right now, this correction is about as unpleasant as you can get, because we don't know what the Fed does. And something I've repeated over and over again, the, uh, the, uh, the World Monetary Fund has rated the various central banks around the world as far as how they respond to economic conditions in their country. And while we're big and our Fed is full of a bunch of real brainiacs on economics, they don't have a really good track record at reacting in kind to economic, uh, to economic situations, which makes everybody nervous as a tick until we know exactly where they're going to go. Yeah, it really does. You know, and it's uh, it just drives uncertainty to the marketplace. And, you know, the markets, you and I have said before, the one thing the markets hate more than anything is uncertainty. And, and, and I have a feeling that even after Wednesday, uh, when we get the minutes, we're still going to have uncertainty because those guys flip on a dime as to what they think and how they think going forward. So um, there's just going to be uncertainty, I think, for the rest of this year. I think there's a good possibility that we may get a little more certainty a couple of weeks hence when we get the minutes out and see just how much unanimity there was. But uh, the combination of President Biden's new number two with Paulson's history as being a monetarist at heart as well, they're all saber-rattling to the point where, you know, well, we were talking yesterday, you know, possibility of five interest rate hikes instead of just stopping to buy bonds, actually selling the doggone things during this year. I mean, it really sounds like reacting in kind. It sounds like they're taking after the market and the inflation rate with a sledgehammer all at once. And this has the potential to be really kind of ugly from an investor's standpoint. Yeah, it does, just because of the uncertainty of <clears throat> knowing. And, and I just read an article that said, you know what, the market never actually gets the numbers right when it comes to how often and by how much the Fed will raise interest rates. They, they always seem to underestimate the, um, the, the going up of the interest rate, um, and they underestimate the cuts in the interest rate, the article said. So I, I found that interesting. And so uh, it may, it may you know, we think maybe stuff's getting priced into this market, but according to that article, um, if they cut four or five times, I mean, raise four or five times, then uh, that's probably not actually priced into this market. 
I really haven't got a reaction. If this is if this is not pricing in too many interest rate increases, it could be a really owly next couple of months. Your point's well taken. Our earnings season is underway, and we do have some things that we actually do know what's going on. The only problem is IBM told their investors they didn't know what was going on, and that wasn't really very kind for them at the end of the day, was it? No, it really wasn't. You know, IBM really had a decent quarter. They beat by five cents a share. They made a profit of $3.35. Um, you know, they beat on revenue as well. Their cloud computing is just really, um, it's becoming kind of their, their poster child and, and the thing that's keeping them moving in the right direction. However, like you said, they declined to give an earnings forecast and, and that hurt them this morning. Uh, they actually fell about one and a half to 2%. Uh, but now at least the last, let me see if I can find them again here. They, uh, they, they're going back positive now. So they have, they have wiggled out of that loss and they are up about nine tenths of a percent right now. So at least at this point, they would open to the green and, uh, and, and look, and look pretty good. The, if I remember if I remember correctly, last quarter, IBM had kind of an off quarter in their cloud computing, a little bit less than they expected. So seeing them actually beat this time around is good news overall. Yeah, it is. You're right. They, they did actually um, have some issues on the last quarter that, uh, that kind of came out in their quarterly report. We, we have a lot of things happening, though. We, it's, it's that time, right? We're starting to see some stuff hit the, uh, hit the ticker tapes here. And the first one we want to look at is 3M. Um, mm. They uh, they had a good quarter beat by 30 cents a share. Revenue was ahead of forecast. Um, they said their business really improved during December as they saw some of their supply chain issues um, and their Omicron issues start to be abated, which was good news for them. Um, and, and so they are trading up today one point, almost 1.2%. Uh, before the market gets going. So good, good for them. You know, Johnson & Johnson reported. Uh, household name. Household name, right? They, you know, yep. from, for more ways than one, from cleaning products to vaccinations, right? Um, yep. So they beat by a penny a share. Uh, the company gave upbeat full year forecasts. However, the fourth quarter revenue came in below what was expected. And so that put a little damper on uh, on them this morning. Now they are getting a little bit better, but still showing in the red down a half a percent at 162.15 a share right now. So yeah, for, uh, portion of that, I wonder if isn't that little hiccup they had with the release from the uh, CDC that the Johnson and Johnson vaccine was the least effective against the Omicron variants. I mean, things can change for the next one that comes out, but that wasn't the best news a company could get in the middle of the fourth quarter, was it? Uh, that, that's true. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, then we had General Electric. Mm. General Electric, um, their fourth quarter revenue fell below uh, forecast. Their earnings did beat, uh, you know, by about oh, seven cents a share. Came in at 92 cents a share. Um, and their forecast for improved cash flow, not necessarily profitability, but cash flow, was good for this next quarter, uh, but it wasn't enough. The, the traders aren't liking General Electric this morning. Uh, they're down six, substantially, down to five, down by 5.2% um, to, to $91.87 a share right now. 
Oh, and you know, with with positive guidance too. That's kind of the outlier as far as guidance being the dominant thing the investors are looking at. They miss one thing, and they're really getting whacked, aren't they? Yeah, they, they really are. You know, they, they, it, it seems to be that way. I got two kind of financials that reported American yeah. Express. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not a bank bank, but but they kind of operate as a bank in certain ways. Um, they had a, a good quarter. Uh, you know, they had get this record card spending and uh folks i gotta tell you if uh, if interest rates start to go up that's something that's probably not going to continue to happen uh revenue was better than expected for the fourth quarter uh they beat earnings significantly and so that's uh bit good news for american express they're up almost three and a half percent this morning cool the i did other- my part I did my part to help them out last quarter last week you you, you or, or, or last quarter you you did well huh Yep, they did. They did well off me last quarter. <laughs> so the other financial we have is Zion's Bank Corporation, which is in one of the regional banks. Um, they beat on both top and bottom lines, and uh, and gave an upbeat report going forward. Um, so they're uh, they're one of the regional banks that people kind of keep an eye on. They uh, they haven't traded yet this morning. I mean, that's that's regional banks. You know, they don't get all the action the other guys do. But they closed yesterday up 1.6%. So we'll have to see kind of how that opens up this morning. All right. Got one more of great interest that'll be a household name, and then we got to go to the summary. We do, huh? So let's look at Polaris. Uh, Polaris, you know, is a recreational vehicle maker, um, jet skis, side-by-sides, that kind of stuff. Uh, They beat by 13 cents a share, made $2.16 revenue top estimates. However, profit was a little lower than a year ago. Um, because, you know, Polaris is dealing with higher costs for components and just getting the components, the logistics of getting everything has been a little bit of a problem. But, hey, people are liking what they see. They're up 2.6% this morning at $113 a share. All righty. Resetting the table for the morning yesterday, like I said at the outset, kind of looked boring until you realize how utterly silly the turnaround was during the day. Everything was up fractionally at the end of the day. 45 minutes before we open, I'm just kind of getting a feeling that yesterday might be an outlier, Philip. How are we doing? Well, yeah, we're going to go back to that same downward direction this morning, and some of them pretty significant, right? We got the Dow down eight-tenths of a percent, which eight-tenths of a percent is a pretty big number for them, like $275. Uh, the S&P 500 is down one and a half. NASDAQ 100 is down almost 2% before we get going. And the Russell 2000 is down by one and a half percent. The VIX up 6.6%. You can imagine yesterday on the VIX, um, but they are uh, still about where they were yesterday. May a little bit higher at uh, $29.93 uh, a share. Then we go to the, the commodities side of the coin and uh, silver is getting uh, hit a little bit this morning, down a third of a percent. Gold is basically flat right now. Crude oil is trading up just a tad, up almost a half a percent, $83.69 a barrel, Dave. Too dang high. Uh, digressing, was there any big news out of China yesterday that I missed? Because the Asian rim markets, the Chinese composite was down by 2.5% yesterday. And uh, based upon its behavior generally off of us, that wasn't what I would normally expect. Well, here's the deal. You have to remember, when did China close their their, their markets? And so... 6 a.m. this morning. 
Oh, this morning. Well, the, our 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 futures have been trading down pretty much all day, all morning. So um, they may be looking at those. It could be. It was pretty substantial, though. All the Asian rim markets were off. The Chinese mainland composite was down 2.5%, which caught my eye. Japan and Hong Kong both by better than 1.5% at the close this morning at 6 a.m. European futures and uh, the active market going on there, generally evenly up, not monstrously, but at least in green ink halfway through their trading day, which, again, is kind of weird. You mentioned the volatility index being up again, almost to the levels they were during the pandemic panic. That's a good indication of where risk is in a portfolio, and it's uh, if yours is up there, you probably need help. How do I find you to get the risk out of my portfolio? You know, Dave, risk is one of the reasons that we really and truly develop our core retirement design to help people design the retirement they always dreamed of. And, uh, and they can walk through that risk process by giving us a call at 863-382-0037. Uh, check out uh, our website, statlerfinancial.com, and then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730 and 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning. Philip, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, man. You have a great day. Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, remember, our core retirement design can help you determine how much risk you have in your current portfolio and design the portfolio that matches up better with your risk number. Give us a call and let's walk through that process and help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. 863-382-0037. And with that, we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye now.